Hello and welcome to episode 10 of The Snapback. Yeah, your favorite uh, Marvel Snap podcast. Uh, that's I, what we I, are I now, did not cause... sign up for this. Excuse me. I mean, that, that's uh, not, that's did not, I walk into the wrong what's, room? What's, Is it like what's the... in your shop today, uh, Angel? Uh, today I had not a lot of good stuff. Just a lot of them pixel variants. There was a bunch of the pixel variants. Uh... Yeah, the only cool was an America Chavez one, but uh-huh. uh, I don't know. It, it's still kind of similar to the other one. I do. Oh, gotcha. I think I know which one you're talking about. I am actually trying to collect all the. I don't know who the artist is, but they all look very cartoony. Like, yes, the, I know which one you're talking about. Um, like they look kind of chibi, but more cartoony. They usually have no pupils. Um, they call like Jim Heb or something, something like that. I think so, but basically, it's the same artist that did the art for Teen Titans. Um, oh, that's why it seems so familiar. Yeah, it's like the same artist, which is things kind of funny that it's like very prominent in Marvel because I definitely associated with Teen Titans. You, you know that meme DC? of John Travolta looking lost and confused, holding his coat. We've been telling you to play it. That's for... me right now, though. Yeah, you, I know I failed you. You, you. you were I supposed to demo it you. a long time ago, but, and I'm not even saying I'm lost in the fact that like you're talking about Marvel Snap. I'm lost in the fact that this became a Marvel Snap podcast. I feel like I walked down the wrong hallway or something. Into... We walked you through this last time. Nope. I think you probably tuned us nope. out in the middle of our Marvel Snap. You definitely chat. did not say we're going to be turning well, into Snapback. Well, I, I get to go name. through the runs. Great on... name. Real quick. Great name. If if that's what it's called. So, so if we may continue the Snapback. Um, yeah, so this season we're in the Silver Surfer season, which is another, I guess, New meta card, kind of like gonna, Black Panther. Um, you guys say who? Who's I haven't. Or, so no, 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 no intros. Okay. <laughs> I guess we should probably do that. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So before we get too, because I mean, clearly we're so excited about Marvel Snap that we just completely forgot royal we, not literal we. But carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, I am Angel. Um, you know your 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 driver today. Um, sitting shotgun is. Jason no. and in Jason's the back. somewhere tied up in the trunk because this is this Marvel Snap podcast now. Kevin is shotgun. Well, Kevin said he wasn't sitting shotgun because he didn't want to get me sick. Correct. Yeah, so he's he's laying down in the back seat. Mm, okay, so I'm shotgun. Yeah. but I am. Yeah, you're shotgun playing Marvel Snap tea. for me while I tell you what to play while uh, I'm driving. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's not that hard of a game. No, it's That'd not. Be a fun I just video to, to like, turn it on. I, literally, if you could see my phone. Through the microphone, through through sound. If like if you if you have sonar, if you're a bat and can see sound, you could see that I'm holding up right now the exact folder called games where Snap is sitting. I just have yet to actually do anything with it. What else is in there? I'm curious. Um well actually I was gonna say a lot of Nintendo stuff, but that's not true, because Nintendo has its own folder. Uh, I have stuff I haven't touched in a long time. Um Among Us, HQ, remember HQ Trivia, which I don't even think works anymore. I still have the app. Words with Friends, Tetris, Letterpress, Spell Tower, Super Hexagon, great game. Part-time UFO, little Nintendo time. Super Hexagon's fantastic. Um, Dots, the Mr. Robot texting adventure, by which I mean. Dots? Yep, Dots. Um, Mini Metro, Swing Copters, uh, which I think was like kind of a Flappy Bird. Oh, I have Flappy Bird, but it doesn't work. I just kept it there for for memories. Um, That's about it. I don't play a ton of games on here. Oh, Crazy Taxi Classic. Which does not play well without uh, actual analog stick. Rain, uh, Robot Unicorn Attack 3, Jetpack Joyride, Fruit Ninja Classic. You can see what era I really was downloading these games in. Monument Valley you have 1 and 2. a lot of games on your phone. I do, and I don't play like any of them. But I have so much storage on my phone that's like whatever. You know what? Wait. I, keep going. You might as well just... That, that, that's the, the highlights. 
but separately. Because you don't delete anything, huh? Because you're like a literal digital hoarder? Of, of sorts. I cleaned up my phone a while ago. Separately, I do want to be clear. I have a Nintendo folder that has, as you can imagine, Pikmin Blue, Mario Kart, Mario Run, Dr. Mario World, which no longer works, Pocket Camp, Fire Emblem Heroes, Dragalia Lost, which no longer works. And yes, I still have Mitomo, and it doesn't do anything. And then separately, I also have a Pokemon folder with Pokemon Go, Pokemon Masters EX, Pokemon Duel, Magikarp Jump, Pokemon Shuffle, Pokemon Home, and the Pokemon Pass, which ended up being a completely worthless app that does nothing. And I don't play like very but many no of those Pokemon, But no Pokemon Smell? You know... I don't need a Squirtle to tell Which me how to brush smile. my teeth. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. Better surprised. that. Yeah. Now, if Pokemon Sleep was a I'm thing, I definitely need a many... Slowpoke to keep me house, teach me how to sleep, but I don't need a Squirtle to teach me how to brush. Do you have as many games as uh, Jason does, Kevin? Not even close. I think I have Getcha Impact, which I don't play. Super Hexagon. I think I have one game that's called, like, One More Line. And then, of course, Marvel Snap. I'm sorry. I'm congested. Um, I hate this. So... So because of, it's my fault that that we're recording on a Monday night uh, because we were originally going to record on Thursday, but work uh, came along to ruin my day. And then we we're supposed to record yesterday morning, but then again, work ruined my, my weekend at that point. Uh, and in between the last episode and this one, uh, my congestion went away. And then for the first time in like, a year and a half, I was able to breathe. And now, because of how cold it was Saturday into Sunday morning, I am now congested again. And now I'm sick again as well. I hate this. That sucks. Yeah, a little care. That does suck. <sighs> well, at least you got your uh, Marvel Snap and I guess that's the only main one you would play on your phone right now? I don't know what other else is in your current rotation. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like That's the only game that I play. <laughs> nowadays yeah. like honestly like i ha i haven't played apex in forever i haven't played valorant in forever it's literally just pretty much marvel snap i think Wait, but i would say the same thing Wait, what? what's on your phone though you asked us to go deep into these personal files i just i just i literally i literally just told no, you no, guys no, no, no. super hexagon wait oh sorry sorry go ahead continue yes yeah. i said su i said super hexagon i have one more line get your impact and Marvel Snap. But what about Angel? He was dodging the question. Oh, I thought you were talking. Oh, that's why I was like, no, 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 for a second. But then I was like, maybe I misunderstood. Yeah, no. Angel, what's I on guess... yours? Hmm? Hmm? I guess on my... Though I have my phone organized, the only ones on my home screen are Hearthstone and Brawl Stars. Though I really should get Hearthstone out of there because I haven't really touched it in months. Basically since Marvel Snap came out. Um, but yeah, those three. And then the games that I guess are just here... Pokemon Unite, Santorini, which is based off of a board game, which I recommend. And Not it's the a app. place in I, Italy, I think? I think it's based off of that, because it's a Greek myth kind of game. Oh, right, Greece, not Something. Italy. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I said yeah, but yeah. No, and then I Pokemon was wrong. Go, yeah. a Mob Cycle 100 game that I just downloaded because I was excited about it when we went to oh? Anime Expo. But then I never got around to playing it. It's like an RPG. It's like me with, with uh, Marvel Snap. I have it sitting right here. I never played it. It's like a Crunchyroll game, yeah. Um, chess, just chess. Among Us, Pikmin Bloom, Lee Chess, which is basically chess but backwards. I'm sorry, you have two um, chesses? Chessi? Chessesses? Yeah, because one is this normal chess and the other one is chess backwards. Gotcha. Anti-chess. I see. Where you win by getting all your pieces killed first. It's surprisingly deep. 
Um, Beatstar, which I used to play a lot. I would recommend it to you, Jason. I think you would really enjoy it. I'm pretty sure I did recommend it to you already. What was it? I'm pretty sure I've talked about it. Oh, Beat you mean Star? like how uh, we recommended yeah. uh, Marvel Snap to him? Hey, yeah, hey, so we'll, it's yeah, on the phone. Your my recommendation got it taking up space on my, my solid state drive here. So. Wait, so you do have Beatstar? No, but I do have Marvel Snap. <laughs> oh, I feel well, like I'm I feel setting like, myself up well, for just disaster on this episode. Well, Beatstar is literally just Guitar Hero, but with three rows instead of however many they have, five? I feel like you so did not three. tell me about this, contrary to what you say. And it's, you know, it's just contemporary music. It has a little bit of everything. Isn't that just Tap Tap Revolution? Yeah, Tap Tap. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. But, like, the music is, like, truncated a little. You're not playing the entirety of the three minutes. You're just playing, like, a minute and a half of the song. They just kind of, like. Tap Tap. Well, yeah, I think Tap Tap eventually started going that route. I mean, even from the start, oh. I remember distinctly because that app was what blew up, like, 303 of all bands and stuff like that like i remember that song was like the don't trust me one with the like move your hips like helen keller or whatever that was only like a minute long and then i heard the whole song i'm like whoa there's like a whole song like what so maybe i should look into tap tap the only reason b star even was on my radar was because they had like a crossover with brawl stars so they had some brawl stars music on there which you know comedy down and it's you know it's free to play but you know man it's it's still kind of there i'm already Got in the. It's have it's close to getting deleted, but not quite there yet. I think my and then just or go ahead, sorry. Oh, and then just to wrap up, Pokemon Smile TMNT. You have Pokemon it's just called Smile. TMNT. I do. Have you used I, Pokemon Smile? No, oh. but I did download it. You know what? I think I um, think all three of us. Here's a homework assignment for our next episode. When we come back in 2023, all three of us should download Pokemon Smile and brush our teeth with it and compare notes of what we think of it next episode. Damn. We'll see. Maybe we'll get Pokemon Sleep eventually. But... Maybe we'll be the three downloads that put, or two, because you already have it, that push uh, Smile over the, the hump that will make Sleep a reality. We could be the difference. If only. If only. We could have that power. And the power that's inside. Pokemon, God, catch them all. You and me. Anyway. And the final ones that are left are the ones that are basically, are just going to get deleted. I just keep forgetting to do so. Which is just a Ninja Turtle game. Just one of those collect heroes and they fight automatically. And then you just, it's a gotcha game. I wasn't really my cup of tea. Crash on the Run. That's getting shut down. No Crash on the Run. So you're right. It is going to be deleted. Really? Yeah, they're shutting it down in February. They stopped in-app payments today, uh, the day we're recording Damn. this, which is the 19th oh, wow. of December. Huh. Yep. Look at that. Yep. Nino Kuni, um, which I played very little of, and Star Trek Fleet Commander. What? <laughs> I would not peg you as someone why? with a Star Trek game. Um, Why did I download this? It was because a co-worker was being sponsored by them and needed people to download it and play it to a certain point for free so they could get, like, extra commissions. So a lot of us just did that, and I just never got around to deleting it. Okay. All right. So it's that Raid Shadow Legend money, but for Star Trek? So it's like helping a homie out. Yeah, it's all I got on my phone. But really, it's just Brawl Stars, Marvel Snap, and Hearst on that ever get turned on. All right, well, never mind game. What's your most used app? If you had to guess. Actually, you could check if you go into your battery history, but what would you guess Ooh. your most used app is? YNAB? I'm sorry, what did you say? YNAB? 
WNAB. You need a budget. <laughs> oh, you need a budget. I didn't know that was that, that they had an acronym for that. You know, Banneth checks books yep, yep, and all that yeah. fun stuff. Oh, how do I check this thing? I'm actually. If you go to your uh, settings and then battery, it will list out your most used app in the past week. Unsurprisingly, mine is Tweetbot. Might be YouTube, actually. Mine is Tweetbot. Twenty percent of my battery life goes into Tweetbot. Oh, of course. It was it's Marble Snap. Twenty four percent Marble <laughs> Snap. Then it's Brawl Stars at thirteen percent. Then it's YouTube at eight. Then Chrome at eight, and it just kind of goes down from there. My most played game is Pikmin Bloom at thirteen percent. Why not was in top ten? Yeah, so you're kind of right, Kevin. Where where are you where are yours rank? If you're willing to share, so uh, Crow, Hearthstone doesn't even. Wow, I use a lot of Chrome. Mm, fair, fair. Not Chrome. I'm sorry, Safari. Safari. Okay, yeah, yeah. Man, I've come a long way. Hearthstone is literally all the way at the bottom and doesn't even have a percentage next to it. You know how um you could tell I'm addicted to Twitter. So Twitter's my number one app because of TweetBot. But then if I go one, two, three, four, five apps down, I have regular Twitter also in my top eight apps. I use both of them so much that they both overshadow things like email or texting. The iOS, the, the default iOS email app is is terrible. Do you use that? It's not great. I'm really bad at managing my email these days. I, I used like to be an it, Inbox Zero but... guy, but... I have 50,000 unread emails. <clears throat> Terrible. Yeah, I'm a horrible person. I like person. the default iOS mail app, but I've worked with it, or at least I I dove into it pretty deep to make it work for myself really well. So at least the way oh, I have it set it. up, it feels very convenient just because I have it's piping through like four different emails and it keeps them nice and organized. Yeah, I have like a few different email addresses for different types of emails. Like so. I basically never have to go to my Gmail or my other Gmail or my other Gmail or my other Gmail. But yeah, that's the iOS life. And um, I guess uh, just to be fair to Jason, I guess we'll we'll pedal we'll we'll put a pin in the snapback. Maybe we'll we'll get that going once Jason actually plays the game and succumbs to its. I guess uh, it's addictiveness. I mean, I, it's, so it's for now, I guess I'm curious how addicted I become because I've never outside of the Pokemon train card game, which by the way, they're getting rid of the yellow borders on Pokemon train cards in the U S RIP really borders. Yep. Um, huh. They're making them the same as they are in Japan. So they could do one set of art worldwide and have it look consistent. But anyway, minus that I haven't actually played a whole lot of collectible card games. So it'll be interesting if snap like clicks with me or should I say snaps with me? <laughs> No? Okay, I won't say it. Yeah, we're definitely not doing the Snapcast with them. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. 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 I, I feel like I'm just shaming myself this whole episode. Bad jokes and all. Yeah, so so I guess we'll just go back to whatever it is that we were. Um, random Nintendo. Um, yeah, so I not, not much happened on my end except for, you know, the Game Awards, which is yeah, yeah. pretty big thing. I actually went for the first time in... I don't even remember the last time I went. I know I went for the very first one with you. I don't know if I went to the second one. You. Or how many went... I even went to before I stopped going. I mean, you've been to all of them, so you could probably I've been tell to all me the LA how many ones. times I went. I didn't go to the Vegas one the first year, although I watched it with you in your room, if you recall. Well, since they <laughs> uh, were in LA. Yeah, and I didn't go, obviously, yeah. when they closed it to the public. But yes, I've been to all. I'm trying to remember when you. I think you went for. You definitely went for only one after party and then left halfway through the after party. I remember that. Um, then I might have gone to two. You might have gone to two because I think but, the second year you didn't even do the after party. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the third I just didn't go altogether. But, you know, like, I'm proud of the game we worked on. So, like, of course I was going to go and just, like, you know, just be part of the be part of the hype with everybody. And, and just, you know, just for all the other games as well. Because there was, like, surprising amounts of, like, other competitions that I didn't even really know about. Like, I don't know. I know we talked about it last time when we were going through, like, the nominees. But, like, I'm legitimately very curious to play A Plague Tale. I still really want to play it, but I guess I'll have to play it on PC eventually. It's but, you on know. Switch on the cloud. You can cloud stream it if you wish. I uh, was about to say, like, oh, really? But, I mean, I guess that's fine, maybe. No, I have a PC. Why and and also, it? because we have to shout them out every time we talk about it, Kurt, uh, our listener Kurt, is the one that said in a tweet to us that it's on the cloud on Switch. So I feel like we have to credit that to him for pointing that out. But I mean, that's awesome that, like, People on the Switch will have the option. Like so that's me. Cool. Yeah. But I guess in the midst of all that, we also had Wave 3 of Mario Kart tracks, well, which is well, awesome. Want, well, but well, I... let me ask. Do you want to start the Game Awards or do you want me to – because I think I'm the only one that played Mario Kart, right? But all three of us watched Then the we should just start with that, though. We could just end with everybody talking. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, because I'll, I'll be honest. I've spent a good amount of time playing the new tracks in Wave 3 of Mario I Kart. just saw the trailer. I really – I mean, I haven't even really played the second wave. I've just been – I mean, you're – but I'm – both of you, but I really, really want to play. Understandably, those. for work reasons, Honestly. but both of you are missing out on like a whole onslaught of stuff going on right now because there is the Mario Kart Wave Three, but there's also like, I mean, it's not even work anymore. It's just the moving. Well, uh, fair, okay, but yeah, you're you're missing Mario Kart Wave Three. There's Platoon 3's Chill Season. There's Golf and Switch Sports. There's Ma- uh, the Maximus Cup came wait, back. Wait, like wait, a, wait, what was the second thing? Uh, Golf and Switch Sports and Platoon 3's oh. Chill Season. Um, the Maximus Cup and Tetris 99 came back. Like, from the dead, like, I'm very happy about that. But, like, the zombie, like, returned to that this past weekend with a Kirby-themed one. Um, There's new Genesis games in Switch Online. There's new events in Fall Guys and Rocket League right now. There's a new season in Fortnite. Like, if you're a Switch-only gamer, there's a lot to do right now. Like, it's all these updates to existing games all at once. Um, I wish I had a clever name for it. Oh, I do have a clever name for it. It's DLCember. DLCember. Just change the E of December to an L. It's perfect. Anyway, but yeah, the one that I've actually been playing of all those. So you're not just... I don't know if I'd use perfect as the word. But... Uh, it's per- <laughs> it, it could be perfectly awful. It could be perfectly great. Perfect doesn't mean it's... I don't know. Anyway, point yeah, is... Perfect, perfect only means one thing, Jason, and it's not that. I'm pretty sure it is, but we can agree to disagree. Uh, but no, the one that... Perfect. We're... Okay. <laughs> the one that I've been playing the most time into, yeah, is, is Mario Kart. Um, so whatever, like, pick your poison, but Mario Kart definitely has been a strong one. Um, so Wave 3, they have two new cups. Uh, you said you saw the trailer, but just for those who haven't seen it, to run through it, there's the Rock Cup that includes Tours, London Loop, uh, Super Circuits, Boo Lake, Sevens, Rock Rock Mountain, and Wee's Maple Treeway. And there's the Moon Cup with Tours, Berlin Byways, DS's Peach Gardens, the quote-unquote new, but also already in tour, so not really new, uh, Mary Mountain and Sevens Rainbow Road. And no, I did not memorize that. Yes, I have them listed in front of me. I'm not that crazy. But um, I I do think, you know, of course there's stronger tracks and weaker tracks, which I'll get into, but overall, I think it's probably, like, I'm finding it to be the most well-rounded of the waves thus far. Um, Like, it's really, it really starting to feel like the developers are not developing these waves locked up in some dark dungeon with no contact to the outside world. Like, a lot of these tracks feel like they were built on what worked in earlier waves and sort of like course corrected perhaps what wasn't as popular among fans from uh, those waves. 
Oh, course corrected. Ha! That one was non-intentional, unlike DL Sember. Um, but anyway. You could tell. Yeah, yeah. That one was good. Wow. I mean, you're right. I, you're right. My genius is at work when I don't even realize it, and I shouldn't try and push too hard to make it happen. You're right. Uh, but no, what, <laughs> to, my, to the point I was trying to get at, though, I think where, like, the tracks, like, where it really jumps out that they're finding their groove, I guess you could say, with Wave 3, is how they went about, like, revising the tracks to fit into Mario Kart 8. Like, one of the common, I think, reactions to the earlier waves that a lot of people has that the tracks didn't necessarily feel native to 8. Like, they kind of just felt like they were totally tacked on. You know, a lot of them were flat. They didn't have anti-grav mechanics at all. They barely used flying or underwater. Um, and what's been cool with with um, what's been cool to see with each DLC and especially here with Wave Three is there's now there seems to be a clear conscious effort to make the tracks feel more organic with the rest of Mario Kart Eight. Uh, Boo Lake is probably the strongest example of that. You know, it started so like the returning tracks from the base game because those definitely felt like they had you know a lot of R and D into you know, retrofitting them to Mario... Well, not even... I guess retrofitting them into Mario Kart 8 versus the, I guess, initial wave of this DLC. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. It's like, so something like Boo Lake, what I was starting to say, it's like something like Boo Lake, um, you know, that starts a Game Boy Advance track, right? So very flat, just kind of there. But here, like, they added a lot of verticality. There's portions that are underwater and have anti-grav at the same time. There's just this huge visual overhaul that makes it, you know, that has some personality instead of just being kind of flat. Like, it just... It's not pixelated, obviously. Like, it just feels... Like an entirely new track, even though it is based on the rough shape of a Game Boy Advance track. Um, and even, you know, on a smaller scale, like something like, I don't know, uh, Rock Rock Mountain, I guess. Um, you know, that came from, what, the 3DS days? So it didn't necessarily need as much of an overhaul from the ground up. They already had hang, hang gliding and whatnot. But even little things like they had the big climb at the end, you may recall, where you have to dodge boulders. Um, that now has anti-gravity and those little pegs that you can bounce off of and spin. Um, which together, you know, it's a minor thing, but it makes it feel more like the baked-in Mario Kart 8 tracks. It makes it feel a little more connected to, like, the tissue of Mario Kart 8 versus just this thing that you just download separately completely. Um, I think Maple Treeway is mm-hmm. probably another good example of that. What are you going to say? That's good to hear because, like, the one, the track that always felt like it was missing from this game was Rainbow Road from 3DS. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah, knowing yeah. that that was back was very exciting. Mm-hmm, Obviously... Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't play it yet, but I'm hoping it's still as fun of a stage. But mainly just, like, visually, it just seems, like, too awesome to not bring over. Yes. And honestly, the rest of the tracks could have just been, like, toe turnpikes, and I still would have enjoyed this DLC pass. Well, that, that's how I was or with still be when they Because announced... toe turnpike is probably, like, the track they could delete, and the game would feel better for it. <laughs> I but... don't think it's rare to me that there's a track that totally sucks and should be deleted, especially now that you can do custom items loadouts, kind of like Smash Bros. style. Or I don't, I don't know if you know about this, but you can now pick exactly yeah. which items and their frequency and stuff. Um, but especially with that, like, tracks that otherwise would be sucky, quote-unquote. Like, I feel like have a new lease on At least more so, right? Because we, we always had, like, we always had banana-only, shell-only, banana-and-shell. Oh, but shell, now it's, like, Chaotic, bomb-only. Now it says granular Smash Bros. No, yeah, yeah. It, it's... Yeah. No, yeah, now I know you could, like, literally just, like, eliminate the one item that you just hate and then just... It, it's super it like funny because we always would talk about, oh, the next move from Mario Kart has become Super Smash Kart. And we, of course, meant, like, you put in the characters, you put in the tracks, you know, they did it with Lincoln's Platoon and stuff. But um, in reality, they're actually doing it with kind of the structure of the game, like customizing items to the nth degree, DLC that's pulling from past things to get nostalgia going for fans. Like, it's it, they're doing the Smash formula, just not in the way we thought. 
Which is mm. so we need a final destination equivalent. Yeah. Literally just all the rainbow. Ba- actually, I guess it's just baby, baby park, but with no items. So I guess we're good. Well, the funny thing is, people are going crazy doing baby park with only blue shells right now. I've seen so many videos of that. So kind of the opposite of what you're saying, but that's kind of like the peak Mario Kart. Not necessarily the best type Mario Kart, but peak Mario Kart is just endless blue shells. I feel like. I mean, actually, it sounds kind of fun, like, right? Like just kind of like a jokey first, thing. Yeah, most, for most yeah. of the race, like. Yeah, let's make the third lap pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, the thing I was I was trying to say, though, is that, like, you know, and, and Rainbow Road, the 3S Rainbow Road fits it well as well because it has that kind of continuing, um, you know, it's one long track. It's not three laps or whatever, so that plays well with, like, Wario Summit or things like that. Like, they just keep doing these little nips and tucks to make it all feel like it's just part of the whole experience. I mean, I was starting to say before, like, Maple Treeway. That's one where it's it feels like it shouldn't make a difference, but like you may recall in the Wii version, they had this trampoline pad you jump off of when you drive, right? Here they got rid of them because now there's hang gliders, and that doesn't actually change anything. Like it's fine; it doesn't necessarily feel like an improvement per se, but it's just because they like worked in the hang gliders, and there's like one curve where they added like a little anti grav pad boost thingy. Like it just feels like, oh yeah, this does belong here. While well, I feel like Wave Run, there's a lot of them where it's just like, what? This just feels like they just copy pasted some old layout from the super nintendo you know what i mean um mm. but the coolest thing in my mind about this is um to bring all the tracks together there's this other element that's quickly becoming a staple of mario kart 8 or at least across the dlc of mario kart 8 which is the idea that every lap has an alternate route so this very much started as just kind of a clever method to represent the multiple versions of tours city tracks when you play it on mobile like there's like four different versions of london or whatever so they combine them into a single three lap race in Mario Kart 8 and each lap is a different route through the city or whatever um, but they're kind of fleshing it out in more ways now like I think first off much like we were saying about Rainbow Road I think it really complements the longer single track like the longer multi checkpoint single path tracks like Wario Summit or some of the Rainbow Roads um, well I think Rainbow Road was already like yeah no that. it was it was well, at least the 3DS yeah and that's what I'm saying is like I think it's great that like they're doing more of like tracks don't have to be cookie cutter you go in a circle three times you can have one long track like Rainbow Road you can have alternating paths down a track um, and I think that's really cool because it just makes everything more interesting right like more variety um, but what's yes and no I mean, yes, when it's like a brand new track, but it really perked me. And I know a bunch of people when they did that to N64 Rainbow Road, because, you know, part of its appeal, I think, was the fact that it was ridiculously long. Yeah. Did, but, I remember, did they truncate it? For No, it's it's just one lap. Oh, right. It's just, right. Well, that's what they just split the they just split the one lap into three sections. And I think they're still trying to figure that out a little because like. In Wave 3, what they did now is, so Peach Gardens from the DS, it is... Oh, don't tell me they, it's one lap. No, it's three laps, but the third lap they flip and you go through the garden the other way. Like, you know, in Peach Gardens, you're always coming from the back to the front, so all the statues are, like, facing the wrong way. All the hedge art is facing away from you. In the third lap, you now I would go... not have remembered that oh, at all. Well, <laughs> I just know you go through the Chain Chomp Garden. That's still there, yep. But the third the third lap, you they switch it on you. I they, remember. They treat it more like... Um, they treat it more like a city, one of the tour cities, where like the third lap is a slightly different route through the same thing you've been before, just from a different uh, perspective, kind of. So you're now coming through the front of the garden instead of the back, and that's something that obviously the DS one didn't have. But I thought that was a cool way to kind of like bridge together. You know, we have legacy tracks that do stuff, we have tracks that are long, we have this, we have that, and it all kind of feels like one cohesive package now, which is kind of cool. That's not to say there still aren't improvement improvements or. Uh, 
learnings that they can take away even three waves in um, to the point of the alternating routes. And to your point about Rainbow Road, maybe they thought it was too long because they truncated it. Um, as neat as the alternate routes are, they kind of can make tracks feel really long. Um, and perhaps more so, they make the map of where every racer is essentially pointless. Like the Berlin track, um, Berlin Byways, good example of this. It, um, it, the map literally looks like someone just dropped a plate of spaghetti on the floor and like each noodle became its own lap. But good luck figuring out like where one noodle ends and the next begins because it all is the same flat one color of white with just drivers all over it. So it really negates any real usefulness of the map. You're trying to say, well, who right behind me has what item? Because it's just like this hodgepodge. So they still have to kind of work that out a little. Um, I think similar, similarly, I um, I think as much as I enjoy like the theming of something like Merry Mountain, which is this big, perfectly timed Christmas track, um, as much as I like like the look and the aesthetic, and admittedly it's fun playing, it really feels like, because they're you know trying to like hone in their ideas over these waves, that they just are doing a second pass at the idea of what last wave's um, Sky High Sunday was. Like, both are these incredibly vertical tracks. You're driving up through a town. The only difference is Sky High had a camera that felt a little too zoomed in, and Mary Mountain doesn't. They, like, scooted it back, which is great. But do we need two tracks, and one's just slightly more zoomed in than the other, and they kind of play the same? I, I don't know. So I guess, you know, to the point of them learning from past waves, they learned and implemented a better super vertical track, so that's cool. But it doesn't really feel that different that it felt like it was necessary i don't know um yeah so that's kind of that's kind of where it's at like they're still kind of figuring it out i think in terms of like broader opportunity for growth with the next three waves because we're now at the halfway point um i think the real biggie is there's still room to hone the visuals a bit um clearly there is a difference in the style of the dlc's art versus the main game like the entire style at play for how just the graphics are done is different uh, because it's all based on tour, they're keeping a lot of simpler geometry, you know, general feelings of kind of more squared off things, I guess you could say, which is fine. Um, I think there's still a lot of cool stuff they can do within that. Like you mentioned Rainbow Road, um, the 3DS one. It looks great. Like it looks so good in HD. Like it's so vibrant and colorful and it's great. And even a track like the Berlin one, um, there's fun attention to detail. Like the Berlin wall has Mario themed graffiti on it and then thwomps fall out. Like the wall coming down, like swamps fall out as you drive by, which actually now that I'm saying it out loud is maybe a little odd. Like I guess it's clever, but like what does that mean? Does that have – were swamps involved in the Cold War? Is there like a geopolitical – was Mushroom Kingdom involved? Like do they have a side? They're, they're a monarchy, so does that mean they side with the USSR because they weren't democratic either? Is the Mushroom Kingdom communists? Like – or all the coins scattered around, like wealth distribution. Like, what is that? But yeah, it's kind of weird that the fall out the wall. But, but my point is, though, um, you know, something like London Loop, which is the very first one in the nuke set, definitely feels very rudimentary compared to some of the core Mario Kart 8 tracks you've been playing since they were on the Wii U in 2015 or 14 or whatever. So since they're able to now bridge the tracks in terms of gameplay ways and the cool course design ways, maybe there's an opportunity here for these next few waves of dlc to bridge the visuals a little more like it's not it's not necessary it's certainly nothing to complain about given how cheap all these tracks are i think we did the math when the first wave came out it was like a less than a dollar a track or something because you know it's 48 tracks for 25 bucks or they're all free with switch online expansion pass so it's like 50 cents a track practically but you know they're they're nailing the rest of the integration so well now for the most part 
that maybe the next move is to continue to kind of understand the ins and outs of this is maybe it is to get the visuals a little more in that same lane. I don't know. But as is, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I probably said way more than anyone would have guessed I could. But yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. So, So that's Mario Kart, and that's me talking about it. Well, well, <laughs> definitely a lot in there. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I did not uh, think I'd have so much to say, but once I started going, <laughs> well, I'm just looking forward to trying it even more. But at this rate, I mean, what was the what's the cadence been so far? Um, like every they're doing them, I think, like every three to four months, roughly. I think like once a season. Like they did, okay, they did so March, then they did like sometime in summer. Now they're doing like kind of holiday. They did like late summer, I think. So I, I would guess the next one's going to be March or April of next year. Yeah, I'm guessing realistically, I won't really be able to dive into all these movie shows and games that I've been really wanting to play until like February. Mm. So at least I won't have to wait too long for the next one if that's the case. But oh man, is February going to be a nice catch up month? But yeah. But besides that, I guess we got Game Awards and. If I do say so myself, I feel like I did very well as far as like my predictions that we had in the last episode. <laughs> right. I think I got almost all of them right, except for the ones where I was forced not to pick God of War, in which case I felt like I would have done even better. Which is fine because like, uh, God of War ended up being the biggest winner of the night. So you did very well mm-hmm. both with your guesses that couldn't be God of War, but when, they were, when God of War was the winner, you also did well because that's your game. So you win either way. Except when Turtles lost. We can't win them all, but still, though, when they announced the win for Best Family Game and they said Kirby, I was like, oh, yeah, I knew it. Those suckers, Kevin and Jason. I mean, go drink. first of all, nice pun, those suckers, and we're talking about Kirby. That's that's beautiful. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> secondly, of course, Forgotten Land's a great game. And it and like I was saying last time about, like, Splatoon's not a family game in the traditional sense because, like, you can't all crowd around it. Like, Kirby's perfect. It has a co-op mode. Like, there's a journalist who works for Access Age for, for, for Kotaku. Then why didn't you pick it? I did pick it. I did pick it. Thank you very much. Did you? Could you pick I put, uh No, because I went a whole tear about how Splatoon doesn't qualify. Now, if someone wants to go back and listen and correct me, and then maybe I'm doing revisionist history here, you know, this episode's already full of me being wrong about things and shaming me about things, so go for it. But I'm pretty sure I picked Kirby. But otherwise, I mean, besides that, I mean, I've already alluded to the fact that I only went the first two years, then just kind of dropped it. Because in general, like, award shows just aren't really my my thing for the most part. Like, I am more than happy just catching the results later and just kind of going through like okay cool they got this they got that but you know the only award that i guess like i would pay any kind of attention to are just the ones that i don't even know like it's just kind of random sometimes sometimes i care but never enough to really watch the whole show but that being said um it was pretty entertaining i would say more entertaining than other game awards that i have watched in a while but I felt they went way too hard with the game announcements. Like It just felt like, sure, they're always going to be there, but there were just so many. There were, they came in like they batches blurred. of three or four Which or is something. weird because I feel like this year I had even less than last year. Really? really? Wow. Maybe it was just, just the pacing or the structure that made it feel this way for me, but I just felt like I couldn't remember half the games by like the halfway point. I 
barely remember any that were announced now, except for like the Transformers one, Doom. because that one was just so out of left field. The ones that stand out are the ones, and this is why I think literally that and Diablo. I don't remember anything. Yeah, and Diablo's all I was about to say is I feel like Horizon. Yeah, there's oh, there's a Horizon expansion that's set in Hollywood that was teased. Um, but yeah, just that one Diablo and Transformers. I think the stuff. Can... Well, it's it's interesting because like there there's two pieces to it. One, I think the stuff that's most memorable for the bigger, biggest audience is going to be stuff that gets the extra attention. So having Halsey pop out and sing for Diablo as a surprise, that's going to be memorable. Having um, for the Star Wars fans, having like not just like here's a Star Wars trailer, but like they did that weird thing on stage where it's just like they just panned a camera across the set and then there it was. Or like, like they did like some set pieces, if you will, for a few games. Uh, Kojima coming out for Death Stranding 2. Like they did things where it's like this is a game oh, that I forgot you, they announced that game yeah but it but my point is like for a lot of people those were kind of the the like earmarked moments because the awards are basically like you're gonna see a youtube playlist for most of the night of just random announcements which will be big you know ken levine's next game that's big in concept and they'll be small like um nintendo literally being like here's some dlc for fire emblem but um you know there's gotta be that scale but the ones that like i think they were really positioning to stand out there are only like four or five of those. And I think those did, for the majority of the mainstream audience tuning in, probably actually stand out. So if they could shed a little of the YouTube playlist, where they literally weren't even intro games, they just did, like like you said, Andrew, like, world premiere, world premiere, world premiere, just back to back to back with no, like, literally, just like if you're watching a commercial break. Like, if they could scale that back in concept and do more, like, memorable on-stage moments and involve the creators and that sort of thing that might be more the balance they need to hit. But at the same time, kind of the problem is everyone wants to be part of this now because fact is this thing's viewership this year was 20% higher than a year ago, 103 million live streams. That is within spitting distance of the American viewership of the Super Bowl, which is crazy in concept. It's it's The Oscars last year had 15 million. This had 103 million. So... Um, in fact, it's exceeded past Super Bowls. I think uh, last year's Super Bowl was like 112, but a couple years ago, Super Bowl was like 98 million. So it's had more than the Super Bowl. So like, I could see why everyone's scrambling, be like, Jeff, 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 let us show our game, let us show our game. And, and Jeff being like, well, I will be diplomatic and show as much as we can. So, okay. But I think it would be in their best interest if they did curate it a little more. Just a, just a little. Just a little. I think I think as much as we always whine about, like the hardcore gamers always whine about like, oh, well, it doesn't focus on the awards as, enough. Like, why are there, you know, parts where Jeff is just reading off some award winners without even letting them give a speech, you know, all that. And he's even admitted like they rotate which awards get a speech every year. So like this year music did, but next year it won't. But one year's like, you know, adaptation might, like that sort of thing. Um, I think at the end of the day, like the trailers and the attention that they generate and the announcements that come out of the show are like we're at the point where they're kind of E3 scale and it's clearly driving a lot of eyeballs to this. So if he's using that as a way to get the mainstream, not hardcore gamers to just tune in and see what gaming's doing for a day. And then he's using, I don't know, folks like Al Pacino or Halsey as kind of like. The equivalent of like when like Michelle Obama shows up at like the Oscars, like she's not in movies. But, you know, it's like a crossover really moment. Stood out and not in the best way. What was that? Al Pacino really stood out and not in the best he, way. Poor guy couldn't say. read the teleprompter. They put him too far back. Or they put the prompter yeah, too far I mean, back. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't his fault or anything. But just like, 
it felt like an out of touch pick, but I mean, I get why they picked him. Yeah. But like to me, it just felt like I don't know, like Jack Black would have made more sense. But I mean, I, yeah. Well, know, we did sort of get Jack Black. We got Keegan Michael Key promoting the Mario movie, so there was that. But um, no. But my point is, like, they all these moves that were like ugh, at sometimes, like that's how you get people that don't pay attention to the ins and outs of the game industry to pay attention and clearly they're paying attention and clearly i mean contrary to what you're saying kevin i felt like this year had a lot of big announcements maybe not ones that resonate with each of us personally but just like in terms of like like this year in general really felt to me like we were at the cusp of like an industry that has like matured into something like the movie industry obviously in terms of the revenue it generates it's there obviously in terms of the player base it's there like there are more people buying and playing and spending money on games and probably going to movies or watching movies or whatever. But, um, you know, especially if you can't like phone games, but the way that they were focusing on like the individual, like big names, which granted development studios are a whole bunch of people, but the way they're like, here's the new game from Ken Levine. Here's the new thing from Hideo Kojima. Look who's in the crowd. It's Reggie and Phil Spencer and then Joseph Ferris. And like the way that they were doing like Oscar style, like crowd work and that and like being like, here are these luminaries of the industry who are like really showing you what's next. Like that felt the most analogous to when they're like, James Cameron's here because he has a new avatar coming out. Like that's the closest I feel like gaming has gotten to being like, here's a name doing a thing that the mainstream can latch on to is like, that's someone important in gaming, which before I feel like it was always just kind of like. Here's some games. <laughs> EA has a game. Isn't that cool? But now it's like, oh, well, from software, they won a bunch of awards last year. And now they're back to announce Armored Core 6. Like, it's very, like, specific people, specific studios. Like, it felt very much like they were trying to sort of make it palatable for the mainstream. Like, this is why you care. Because this guy's a big deal. And here's why. And here's what he's doing next. Which I, which I don't feel like they did in the same way in past years. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It kind of feeds into the whole, like, maybe it's not for us hardcore folk as much as we like to think it is yeah i guess it's not for me but but you don't watch award shows in general i still have fun though it it, it was still fun in general i mean you know i got to see you i got to see some other friends it was one of my um one of my friends actually that decided to stay and just mingle after i left almost right away Mm -hmm. like after the show was over but I should have just been sticking with um, my other friend because he yeah. later got to take a picture with Kojima and he also ran into Grant Kirkhope and took a picture and chatted with him. Well, I hope um, he – I hope wherever he met Grant Kirkhope is not where Grant Kirkhope two days later was like, oh, I have COVID. He, he got COVID at the I Game Awards, he claims. Uh-oh. I should let him know. I mean this was a week ago now. I'm sure he's in the clear at this point, but – that's true. But yeah, like hopefully wherever Grant Kirkhope was exposed, <laughs> um, your friend <laughs> yeah. was not. But yeah, and that's one of the fun things about the game. Where, that's why I always like going in person is to your point about, oh, he met Kojima. I did this. Like it's really cool. I The reason I go every year, well, one, I'm a sucker for spectacle. Two, I'm a sucker for game industry stuff where people come together. But three, like people are – actually, it's the same as two. People are coming together. Like I really like the idea of like we can have our console wars and we can be – annoying about like oh well you know xbox or playstation switches this steam deck is that but like at the end of the day it's really cool that like everyone that has clearly this shared passion for interactive entertainment is able to kind of put that aside come together and just like hang out and celebrate games even if that celebration is kind of this like mainstream palatable like here's a bunch of new games to check out and also here's like two awards on the side nonetheless it's the one time the one place 
where gaming isn't like siloed off. It's not like, okay, it's the Microsoft time. Actually, Microsoft had nothing this year, so that's a bad example. But it's not like it's like, oh, here's the PlayStation hour. Now we'll do the Nintendo hour. It's all intermixed. Like even when you go E3, it's like here's the PlayStation booth and they have a press conference. Here's the Nintendo booth and they have a press conference. You go to one, you go to the other. They don't cross mingle. Like people would be like, wow, Miyamoto looked at the Xbox booth? That's crazy. Like the idea that, yes, one developer went and looked at another studio's booth wow like the fact that that was considered always a big deal i feel like the game awards helps to kind of break down those barriers a little and be like everyone's in this together like everyone that's a fan is a fan for the same reason ultimately so it's cool that there's that that sort of bridge that the game awards forms even if the show itself you know isn't maybe catering exactly how we want it to to the right type of people that's my hot take at least I mean, Kevin, you're watching from home. What do you think? Pretty spicy. Thank you. But Kevin, you're watching from home. What do you think of the whole thing? You said it didn't feel like there's a lot of big things for you, right? What's up? You were saying that like this year didn't feel very big to you, huh? For the Game Awards in terms of announcements or anything? Uh, no, not at all. Nothing jumped out as like a thing you want to play. I like clearly not because (laughs) I can't even remember it. Like that's fair. I, I will say, sitting there. In the theater, there are a lot of game announcements that came and went. I'm like, okay. And just like I couldn't tell you what. Like Angel, like you were saying, I, could, I don't remember a lot of them. Like they just kind of went in one year and out the other. Um, well, like, like, can you bring up a list of games so that we could talk about like about exactly what? I could find one. I mean there are like 50 reveals. Um, okay. Armored Core, Armored Core 6. Death Stranding 2. Armored Core was the was the only one. I'll, I'll admit Armored Core did take me by surprise, but only because it's from software game. Yeah. But yeah. That, that was the only reason that I was like, oh, interesting, Armor Core. There was uh, the new Star Wars. There was the new from Ken nope. Levine. Um, I forgot what it's called. Jade, Jaded? Jacked? Something like that. Um, nope. Let's see. I just pulled up a list because uh, – oh, wrong Game Awards. I was about to read the 2021 list. <laughs> that would be kind of weird if I'm – actually, what happened to some of those games? Where would the Wonder Woman game go, for example? Uh, there's a Hellboy game. There's a V. There's new stuff in in um, Among Us. There's oh, yeah, a release date of Street. Game had a had a cool look Wait, because it Kevin, just looked like the comic. Kevin, I'm disappointed in you. Hades two. Oh, totally forgot. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Hades two. <laughs> Hell I mean, yeah. doesn't that say That's a lot about the structure of the show? It anything? does. It does, and I think that goes back to like Hades. It was announced pretty early. It's the second too. announcement of the night. I think. Yeah. Yep. And the problem – and that's the thing. Like the ones that we all gravitated towards were ones that like had a stage presence or like Jeff hyped up or they had like Halsey come out or they had the creator there. Hades, Jeff was just like, here's this company that won stuff last year. Check it out. And that was it. He had like two sentences top. So they did get buried. Yeah. Um, Judas, that's the one from the Bioshock career. Um, Celeste has – the creators have a new game coming out. Uh, Tekken 8 had gameplay. Diablo 4 at its release date. There's the new Mario movie clip, which – I know we're we're in a media blackout, but I just want to say I'm not going to spoil anything. I think Nintendo might be showing too much of the Mario movie too quickly now. Like, oh, Nintendo showing off too much. I know. Before the right? I'm I, glad I haven't watched any. No, no way. but like I'm still absorbed. This is totally unlike them. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. Do you remember Mario Kart Eight Vanilla Jason? Do you remember uh, that thoughtful Nintendo? They literally that's true. showed everything. They, they literally did. They did. Everything. They literally walked us through all the menus about a month before it came out. Yeah, but I think with Mario, I was kind of like, "Oh, this is nice. We have a trailer. Oh, a second trailer. That's cool. Oh, oh, now we get a clip two weeks later. Oh, now there's like McDonald's commercials with more footage already out in like Japan and Portugal. Like it's just going so fast. The movie's not out for seven months. 
six months, five months. Wait, I can't math. The movie's out in four months. It's out in April. But um, yeah, it's just like we went from zero to – they have Times Square ads already with footage running. It's not out till April. Like, like it's it's, it's slow your roll, Nintendo. But um, that was obviously their uh, Crash Team Rumble, which well, that was kind of yeah. interesting. But it, it was like Fall Guys Crash style. But considering um, considering they're shutting down a Crash game literally today, they announced like we were saying before. I don't know how long that one's gonna last. Uh, Final Fantasy sixteen got a release date. Those are some of the biggies. I mean, Transformers. Come Transform- on, that trailer that was a that was a swerve. I was impressed at how well they they faked out with that, or not even faked out, but you know, defied expectations. I mean, the, my, my my takeaway went from like, and obviously nothing against these games. You know, it's just they start to blur they into do. each other when you're seeing this many, or just like in general, like oh look, it's like another like high sci-fi, I don't know, shooter action game or something. Like it just seemed as pretty as it looked. It just looked generic. And then it wasn't until, like, the Transformers thing got shown at the end. I was like, oh, suddenly this became interesting. It's like, I almost feel bad. But, but I at the same you... time, it's like, but it's awesome. There's like, a part of me that has to imagine there is a game like that for a lot of the audience. Because like, a lot of it blur. Even the nominees. Like, let's be honest. There is a type of game <laughs> that the Game Awards gravitates towards. Big, narrative-driven, maybe some hints of, like, stat-boosting. Like, kind of similar art style. Maybe, like, kind of real, but with some, like, mythological flair. Like, there is a type of game that they gravitate towards. Which, in part, is because that's where the industry gravitates. But it's kind of a vicious cycle. So we see more of those. And then we see more, like, a lot of shooters that look alike. And then, like, like the things are very kind of cookie-cutter. So when things break through, it's either because they really look different or because they personally resonate with someone. And I guess that's maybe just thinking is if you have a million game announcements and you do three back-to-back... Everyone's going to find a game or two that they're like, well, would you look at that? Like a Hades 2 for Kevin or like a Transformers for you or I don't even know what it is for me. I'd have to think about it. I thought the Diablo reveal was cool, but I don't care about Diablo as a game. So, But like there's something for everyone if they do it that way. But yeah, it did It did kind of kind of blur. You're right. Good old Jason. Actually, you know what I'm kind of disappointed by? I'm not going to lie. Um, well, not disappointed. That's not the right Uh-oh. word. Nintendo had a lot going on, but also a lot that, like, I mean, they had, a, first of all, they had a good year for wins. They won four awards this year, which I think might be the most they've won in a single year. They got Best Family Game for Kirby, like we were saying, Best Action Game for Bayonetta, Best Multiplayer for Splatoon, which that was a cool surprise, uh, and Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda got most anticipated. Um, announcement-wise, I don't know where I sit on that, like... It's funny because we made predictions last episode, right? Um, and I think we all said the words that ended up being what happened, but we, or at least I, did not mean those words in the way that they happened. Like, I said something, you know, I was like, oh, there's going to be something gamer-facing like Bayonetta. And, oh, hey, there's literally a new Bayonetta. Like, Bayonetta got a spinoff, Bayonetta Origins, uh, Cereza and the Lost Demon. You know, I said the words Mario movie, but I meant it under context that we just got traded. There's no way we're going to get something else. And then there was Keegan-Michael Key with the clip from the Mario movie. And like I said, it looks great. But like the the only thing I didn't say, although I thought about after we record, was maybe we get something Super Nintendo World related, like an opening date. Sure enough, it didn't show up at the show per se, but within a week, we got the opening date, February 17th. So like, I feel like the only, well, two things. One is Nintendo really seems to be continuing to ride the momentum of what they already have 
which is interesting. Like, they're not showing us anything new, new. Um, like, even Bayonetta Origins is riding on the back of Bayonetta 3's hype. In fact, small spoiler, um, in Bayonetta 3, there's actually a way to play what amounts to, like, a prototype of the gameplay of Bayonetta, Bayonetta Origins. But the only thing that was even kind of maybe a surprise, but again, was riding off the back of something we already knew, was the Fire Emblem expansion pass news, which... I mean, if there's ever, I kind of joked, I think I said this before, but if there's ever a reveal at the show that nailed the idea that the show felt like a giant YouTube playlist, I think it was probably the Fire Emblem Engage expansion pass. Because that, like, that would have for sure been a tweet and a YouTube upload if there wasn't an award show happening around the time they decided to announce it. Like, maybe, maybe Nintendo thought it was, it would get something like a crowd reaction because there's some popular characters in the DLC. Like, there was kind of a mini hauler of sorts when they showed the three houses trio in in the theater but yeah like that was that was weird <laughs> but did engage come out already no it's not out till next month but they're already in the middle of the hype cycle and promoting it so again this didn't feel like it was like a reveal it was just like oh yeah there we know engage is coming here's a little more to know like it didn't feel like nothing nintendo did felt like new you know what i mean like it was, it was, it was, it was interesting because they did a lot. This is probably one of the busiest game awards they've had. They had essentially three announcements. I think they previously only maxed out two, but again, it didn't really feel like it had much weight behind it because it's all stuff we kind of already are in the midst of experiencing. So I don't know. That was weird to me. Um, what did you guys think of Bayonetta though? The spinoff. Um, I mean, it looked interesting enough. I feel like if I. Got or if I had gone around to actually playing through the bayonets, I would definitely be into it because I definitely enjoy the games. It just unfortunately the timing has just never worked out where I just get to finish it, or maybe that's just I don't know something about it. Which is funny because in the game you can manipulate time to your advantage so you can make things work in the time you need, and yet here you are, yeah, unable. It's it's, uh, it's sad. Yeah. Naive Angel. What it, Naive Angel mode. I'm trying to remember. I, I think because I was playing on the hardest difficulty, I think I got stuck on a fight for a while, and then games just started coming out. And, right. You know, time and all that. But this one's almost like a... It almost has like an Okami vibe. It's like a storybook, watercolor. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Um, I remember, Kevin, did you ever really play Bayonetta at all? Uh, barely. That's where I'm and at. Then I remember catching the the uh, the tail end of that announcement, uh-huh. and I didn't care to even see the rest of it. So, <laughs> I There's yeah, it's it was definitely like I don't know. I feel like they're not targeting quite the same crowd as with regular band. Like I feel there's a part of me that feels like this is a play to somehow expand the reach of Bayonetta by making something that's not like rated M for mature. Like it's not mature t- like. It's almost like an evergreen in reverse where, like, Bayonetta herself has a ton of attention because she was in Smash and stuff. But maybe not everyone is, like, of age to play it or wants that intense of an experience, maybe. You know, we I, I made the crack second ago about Naive Angel mode. But now I think about it, like, that was kind of the first move Nintendo had to sort of, like, loosen up Bayonetta to be more accessible to a broader audience. You don't have to have the craziness. You can have, like, Naive Angel mode. It's a little easier. She's wearing more clothes. Like, it's a little, like, calmer. But I feel like a teen-rated spinoff, it's kind of another angle of the same idea, right? Like, cashing in on sort of the cultural cachet of the Bayonetta brand, but in a way that's actually kind of family-friendlier, sort of. 
Um, and then theoretically, if it works now, as these people play Origins and get a little older, maybe do want to kind of expand into regular Bayonetta. All three games are on Switch already. It's like kind of a weird. It's like a. I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting. I don't think Nintendo's done something quite like that before. It's like the whole Blue Ocean thing where, like, they went from, like, the Wii to the Wii U and the DS to 3DS. And it's like, oh, first you were Blue Ocean. Then we're going to slowly make you a gamer. We're going to, like, bring you into gaming with these, like, kind of little baby steps. It's, it's like the Bayonetta version of that, kind of. So I'm, I'd be really curious how the game does and who it actually, like, is picked up by. Like, is it going to be core fans? Is it going to be new fans? It'll be interesting. It comes out really soon. It's out in like March. So we won't have to wait very long for that. That was definitely my thought coming out of it wasn't even like, wow, I want to play that or, oh, I don't care about that. It was just like, what an interesting like marketing decision to do a whole calm, serene, not nude <laughs> Bayonetta game. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what it turns into. But that, yeah, that was maybe the most interesting thing. Even then, it's still running on the coattails of Bayonetta 3. So it wasn't that exciting. But, yeah. I feel like I'm rambling about Bayonetta now. Sorry, guys. I just had that thought. Um, was there anything else at Game Awards, though, that we wanted to talk about at all? Um, Animal was cool. Yes. I mean... Th- that the, is what you've been missing. From the from the spot I was sitting at, I was able to see the puppeteers, so that was a really nice treat. Just seeing them in action, actually emoting with their face, and when they were done... Like, just watching, you know, Animal basically look like he shuts down, like, a PC. <laughs> but still, it was weird. Cause it's, it's almost surreal. Like, it looks like he, like, went to, like, he got put in, on like, in a trance where he just, like, went to sleep. It didn't really look so much like, oh, it's just an inanimate object. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're spoiling. Just, like, it's, have, it's, it's, it's freaking awesome. Have you noticed whenever people interact with Muppets or talk about Muppets, they never acknowledge that they're actually puppets? I feel like you just like broke some card. Like you did. That is a cardinal sin of, of Muppetry that you reveal that there's a puppeteer, even though we all know. Um, I could not see the puppeteer from where I was. I will say though, that's something oh, you missed. Uh, what puppeteer? Yeah, no, he's alive. He really exists. He's like Santa Claus. Uh, no, but the um. That's the thing you missed by not going to their Game Awards, Angel, is uh, Jeff Keighley has a soft spot for Muppets. So Beaker and Bunsen, Animal, Gonzo, I think, and maybe one other. Like I, I have been graced by the presence of many a Muppet. But no Kermit. I, guess. I don't think Game Awards isn't quite there yet. No. Yeah, it's all the side characters. They can't afford them. That's a good point. That's when you know they'll make it. Yeah, they made yeah it. that's the sign. I also was graced by the Sesame Street Muppets um, when I was at the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade in New York. So I'm, I'm really like – never mind seeing celebrities. Seeing Muppets and, and Sesame Street characters is like that's that's when you know you've lived a good life <laughs> when you've been able to hang out in the present. I mean, I would argue that's true. I don't know if you're saying that facetiously, but – No, I'm saying it half serious. Like there's something – kind of magical about the Mupp- like it's like there's very few things that adults and kids alike will both equally like you know what I mean like there's like almost like a weird respect adults have for the Muppets so I, yeah, I say it somewhat I, I, I say this as somebody who uh, well I have never been a Muppets fan I didn't grow up with a Muppet so doesn't doesn't really do anything for me these guys that that's fair. I, I used to watch the reruns of the Muppet Show on Disney Channel all the time as a kid, which I'm now realizing between that and all that, no wonder I'm such an SNL junkie. Like I watched all the like riffs on SNL that involved children and puppets. So of course, as I grew up, I'd switch to the normal version. It suddenly makes sense. I feel like I now understand why I am the way I am. 
Wow. What an eye-opening recording this has become. Um, that's soul searching. Seriously. Speaking of, real quick, Damn. I know, Kevin, you don't understand why I watch SNL. I'm just going to throw it out there. Someone on that cast, multiple people on that cast, are obsessed with Nintendo. Every episode, almost every week. I can't wait to see it now. <laughs> no, but I'm not trying to that convince you to watch. I'm just saying, like, something shifted in SNL in the last year. And it's not saying you need to watch it. I'm just saying something happened with the new writers or something. Every single week, there's a Nintendo joke now. There's some Nintendo reference or Pokemon or something. And it's just like, wow, like, does this mean... For better or for worse, because well, the last thing that I want to think about is Nintendo and SNL. Well, the th- <laughs> After that, Elon Musk it. Oh, God, I didn't think of that as an example. Yeah, no, but like they had a... This past weekend, they had a comment about... Because Trump is doing those NFT cards. And they made a reference to Pokemon cards. And they like called out Nidoran male and Nidoran female. Like by name, like that's a like that's a deep Pokemon reference. It's not just like Pikachu. Um, but then I realized, and this is what makes me kind of sad about it. If SNL is referencing Nintendo, that means Nintendo is now old enough. And we as consumers of Nintendo and video games are now old enough that there's cultural cachet around it where everyone grew up with the shared experience and are now the adults running the TV shows and are able to reflect on that shared nostalgia. Which means we are just old. That's what it actually means. Even though it's like, oh, cool, they're referencing Nintendo. It just means, no, we're now old. The things we were into as kids, everyone was into as kids. And now as adults, we look back on them fondly. But kids are into totally other things. We're just old. So. Well, it's a good thing that I don't care for SNL, so. I mean, regardless, you're old with us. So welcome to being old. Sure, but I'm not, I'm not getting that existential dread uh, just yeah. because. I'm really going through things this episode, huh? <laughs> Soul-searching, existential dread. Yeah, I'm just going to stop talking. Well, I guess with Jason done, I guess we have no one to carry the show. So unless anyone does have anything else to add, I guess we could just kind of wrap it there. Um, in a nice tight one hour, unlike the three hour behemoth that is the Game Awards. But, Remember when Jeff Keighley said it'd be two and a half hours and that was three and a half hours? Good times. Good times. Indeed. Wait, was it? I think with you, if you count the pre-show, I think we were walking out of the theater at eight and it started at 430. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, not getting that time back. But it it was, like I said, it was fun. I don't know if I would do it again unless I have more of a stake in it or Ninja Turtles. Or maybe this Transformers game is up for Game of the Year. We'll see. I mean, at the very least, I'll have it on in the background. Which is, like, the minimum that I do. I'll be there in a chair. As usual. Every year. But yeah, let me see if I, how many of these things I remember for the housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was episode 10. Um, you could find us on, oh my God, our, off the top of my head, Google Podcast. Yes. Is that a thing? That is. It's okay. what Android uses um, for podcasts. Spotify? Yes. iTunes? It's now called Apple Podcast, but yes. Apple Podcast? Stitcher? Same as, same as, same as iTunes. Uh, Stitcher, yes. Um, I'm guessing there's one more on you the actual the website, randomnintendo.com. Yeah, but we never plugged that, which is weird if you think about it. But yes, we do exist at randomnintendo.com. There's a few others that aren't quite as big. Um, Am- Actually, I take that back. Amazon Music's pretty big now. So Amazon Music. Um, Amazon YouTube. Music? What else? YouTube is actually the YouTube. number one destination for listening to podcasts. Bet you didn't know that. Really? Yep. Because huh. people just throw huh. it on on YouTube in the background. And now YouTube has handles. I, I looked into this since the last episode. So you can now find us at at youtube.com slash at random Nintendo, like at sign random Nintendo. 
You don't need to remember oh, yeah, anything they else. Did. Nice. So we are on Twitter oh, and YouTube at the same handle of Random Nintendo, which is really convenient to memorize. <laughs> so, so besides YouTube and Amazon, was that it? Uh, you can throw ones? in iHeartRadio if you want. You can get real crazy and be like Podbean, but we never say Podbean, but that's the thing. But you upload it on Podbean anyway? I, don't uplo- I upload it to one place, which is our server, and then we propagate it out everywhere, like syndication style. So how it works, if you want to get into the nitty-gritty for a millisecond, is we upload it to the server. It's crawled by iTunes and I believe Spotify and someone else, and then everyone else piggybacks off that crawl. We have one RSS feed that everyone can access, but that RSS feed is hooked into manually by us, uh, I think Spotify and Apple and Google. And then from there, the other podcast apps just kind of use the libraries that exist on Apple and Spotify and Google and run with it. Maybe Amazon we manually submit as well. And YouTube. Then out of curiosity, well. what makes Stitcher so special that you call that one out in particular? It is or was rather large, and it's actually available in car infotainment centers. So you can be driving a Ford, like a Ford whatever, even if you're using weird Ford Sync and not like a, a car. <laughs> the 2016 Ford whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that really cool car everyone care. loves, the Ford it's just whatever. A car. The Ford whatever. The Ford whatever. Listen, I just need to get from point A to point B, and that's why I got a Ford whatever. Um, but yeah, whatever Ford you're in, let's say a Mustang, uh, if you don't have CarPlay, if you don't have Android Auto, their baked-in infotainment has a podcasting app, and it is Stitcher. I think I looked at the numbers once, and I think we're available in 3.2 million cars, or were at one point in time. So that's yeah. why I call it out. Well, it's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Well. And so yet our listener those, count uh, is still five people. No, it's, it's higher than five. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What else do you do after? Um, follow us, Twitter, at KVN Gomez. Go me. Go me. Go me. KVN Go me. And at JSR8. Seven. For Jason. Seven. And Wayroad, W-E-I-R-O underscore O for me. Mm. You know, I learned I from think... Angel yesterday. Kevin, you probably know this because you know in Spanish, actually. But Wero means cockatiel in Spanish. I did not know that. No, not in Spanish. That's just another name for them. Oh. Well, now I just sound <laughs> – wow. Well, I'm glad we went full circle on shaming me this episode. Great. <laughs> it might actually be more commonly used in Australia where they're natives, and then they pronounce them there, Wero, which makes sense. But depending on where you wow, are, I, I feel like I had my mind real. reblown since it was first blown yesterday, but blown under no, false Spanish pretenses. is just cacatua. Oh, well. We can edit this yeah. in post, right? We could. He thought he was so cool. I thought I was so cool, and I was anything but. I was put in my place. But you still learned that it's just another name for Wayro. I mean, for cockatiel. Yeah, but if I went on know, Jeopardy like, and they're like, what's another, what's the Spanish word for cockatiel and Wero was an option, I would have not gotten the money. <laughs> well, if you were in Jeopardy, you wouldn't have options. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, true. That's a good point. If I'm on who, make, who wants to be a millionaire, I was about to say who makes a deal. That's not even a thing. Who wants to be a millionaire <laughs> and it's like, I would have lost. I would not be a millionaire. Well, on that note, um, I guess... <laughs> You, you've, you've talked enough. Let's see what a sick Kevin can give us as a final word. I oh, I can't do this two weeks in a row. Have, <laughs> have Jason do it. I've said I so much. Did. I, I, I did consider that because you did do it last time, but I'm host, so yeah. Have, has the host ever thrown to themselves uh, for the final word? Yeah. Angel, can you like throw to what? you? 
I could, but I want to throw it to Kevin. Uh, catch us in two weeks for another episode of Marvel Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> is, that, is that what we called it? You called it Snapback, but Snapchat's even better. <laughs>